You are about to hear a re-released interview I conducted with HS Connect for our Community Spotlight series back in June of 2022. Hi, and welcome to Pedra's Community Spotlight. I'm your host, Jen Dawson, and I am so pleased to be shining a light on HS Connect. Joining me today is the founder and the executive director, Brindley Brooks. Thanks for being here, Brindley. Hi, thank you so much, Jen, for having me. I can't wait. So you, um, for our audience, HS is Hydratinitis Superativa. And could you tell everybody, just give us like a, a summary of what that disease is? Sure. So typically it uh, is abscesses or what's commonly referred to as boils um, in the community, which are easier for people to identify, but we typically call them abscesses or lesions. Um, there are some areas that they are most commonly impacted on the body, which would be um, under the breast for women, armpits, um, buttocks, groin, uh, inguinal folds in your, your groin area. Um, and for men, it can be back of the neck as well. And what happens with these is it's a follicular occlusion and they don't know exactly yet why it occurs. Um, it is an auto-inflammatory condition. It's not autoimmune. So our body is actually overreacting um, to what's going on. And so what happens is you, you end up with abscesses in those areas most typically, but you can get abscesses anywhere that there are hair follicles. So while those are the most common areas, you can get abscesses anywhere there are hair follicles on the body, which means anywhere except the palms of your hands, soles of your feet, and your lips. Um, wow. So those lesions will typically come up. Um, sometimes they rupture and drain. Other times they don't. They are extremely painful, and they are accompanied by a lot of inflammation. Um, one of the main ways to tell if this is a condition that you have is if you have had recurrent um, abscesses at least twice within the past six months, it's a really good indication that you actually have HS and that these are not isolated incidents. So if that is the case, we definitely recommend that you would see a dermatologist to try to get on some treatment for the condition. Wow. It sounds like it's no picnic, this disease. No. <laughs> I guess, is there a stigma associated with HS? Like I was reading through your bio on the website and you talk a lot about how you really kept it to yourself and the experiences you had with the disease, you just kept kind of buttoned up. And it, at some point you decided to share and that's what kind of opened up this world. And I imagine this path forward to eventually HS Connect, which we'll talk about but could you talk a little bit about like why it was so hard for you to be open about it? Absolutely. There are so many stigmas and misconceptions that surround HS. And this is one of the reasons why it's not um, as well known uh, as a disease as it should be. It's said that it affects one to 4% of the population, which is a really wide um, number. So if it was 1% of the population, it's one in every 100 people. And I did keep it completely to myself until um, I started having my white excision surgeries and had to take time off of work and then really didn't have a choice but to, to kind of let everybody know what was going on as I was taking leave for that. Um, a lot of the misconceptions that come along with HS, you don't tell people about it because it does impact your most private areas. So you can keep it hidden. Um, you know, you can do that with clothing or, um, 
you know, we don't opt, usually opt to wear bathing suits if unless you have to, or even then you're going to specifically choose a type of bathing suit that's going to cover your scarring and your flares. Um, they drainage comes with a lot of odor. Um, and it can happen for months and months on end from a single abscess. Um, there's a lot of times where they don't necessarily heal and you're dealing with chronic wounds. Um, and so that's a really embarrassing thing in and of itself. Um, and those are not things that we control. And so it, as much as you shouldn't um, want to keep it to yourself, it's a horribly embarrassing and disfiguring condition. Even after you have an abscess, whether it drains or not, you're usually left with a scar because of all of the inflammation that's happening under, um, the, the surface of the skin. So, and when you do have abscesses that drain, a lot of times they can tunnel together. And so they never truly heal and you've got a lot of things happening underneath the skin. So in addition to just dealing with the abscesses, you're also dealing with a lot of really bad scarring in those areas too. So the odor is definitely one of the, the things that keeps you from wanting to share that with people. And people think that you're unclean, um, which is really not true because most people with HS are more cleanly than anyone else because we're so right. concerned about those things. Right. Um, HS does not discriminate. It affects any age, any gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, blood type, everybody. Um, so one of the most common things that you'll hear in the community is that you can't get it until puberty or after. Completely untrue. Um, mm -hmm. For some people, it is hormone driven, but that does not have anything to do necessarily with the puberty piece of it. So that's one of the reasons we're working, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on trying to make sure that dermatologists know and pediatricians are also aware of this condition because it can happen to children. In fact, most of the people on our HS Connect team started with HS prior to puberty. So people are not getting diagnosed, especially kids because of some of these stigmas and that's what we're working so hard to break. Um, and it also, it has a huge psychosocial impact on you um, in part because of those reasons that you are hiding constantly. Um, you are always worried about people thinking you are Debbie Downer because you're in chronic pain in a lot of cases. Um, you can also go from being in chronic pain to an abscess rupturing and go from like a level 10 pain to a level three because that inflammation has kind of left. Um, you know, so, and we're completely unpredictable. We have no idea when it's going to happen, usually at the most inopportune times. Um, but it makes it really difficult to kind of um, function normally in a lot of cases. And we do see a lot of people who just consistently push through and uh, do a great job. I'm one of those people. I never missed work. My boss had no idea that I even had HS and I worked with her for 15 years uh, until I actually had to go have surgeries. So there's a lot of stigmas and misconceptions that come along with HS and that's what we're working really hard to break. Well, I think it's working. I mean, in the pediatric dermatology community, HS has become a really important discussion. And there's a lot of work surrounding HS now, especially in the pediatric population in terms of research. And um, I imagine HS Connect has had some part in getting the word out. So can you talk a little bit about HS Connect? I know that you um, founded the organization almost three years ago. Your birthday is coming up in July, which is very exciting. So talk about the organization, what you do, how it's connected to research. Um, just tell us all about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, I didn't really talk about having HS after I had my wide excision surgeries. Um, after my first one, I needed some help with bandage changes and posted in an HS support group um, asking for some help. And uh, my co-founder actually is the person who responded to me, sent me some video of her removing bandages to assist me. Um, and then we kind of hit it off from there. And um, she was writing articles uh, about HS and needed someone to edit them. And that happened to be my, I was really good at that piece. So that's how we met and then um, decided that there was absolutely a need for this in the community. And that's how HS Connect was born. So uh, it's very true that my, everything opened up as soon as I came out about my HS. I went from not talking about HS for over 25 years to now being the founder of HS Connect. Um, so that's a little bit of a change, but it, it's been absolutely amazing. And I finally know what I want to be when I grow up now. So just took a little bit of time. Um, so as far as the, uh, the research in pediatrics and all of that good stuff, I am, um, a mom to two kids with HS actually as well. So I have a bio daughter who's 15, who has stage two, and I have a stepdaughter who is 19 and has stage one. Um, so in addition to dealing with this myself, I now am the parent of kids with HS and we've really realized that there is not enough information out there about parenting kids with HS, especially for parents who don't have it themselves and have no idea and are just trying to muddle through this whole thing. Um, so I have a huge soft spot for that myself, just because I, I'm lucky enough, I guess you can say lucky enough to have had HS, but know what my kids are going through and how to help them. Um, but I also know how hard it was for my mom who had no idea and had zero experience with this to try to help me and understand what was going on. So we created um, a part on the website, a section called uh, kids and adolescents on hsconnect.org. And it has a ton of information um, about support groups. We do a virtual support group for parents every month um, for whether you have HS or not and you know dealing with your kids. Cause there's a whole nother element actually that comes along with being a parent with HS and dealing with your kids with HS can sometimes even be difficult um, because my expectation of them is the same as it is for me but they're their own individual people with their own disease course. So I have to sometimes check myself on that. Um, and we've put together a letter that you can print out and give to your kid's school about HS um, and your child and how it impacts them. So if they need extra time at um, in the bathroom, they should have free bathroom passes regardless. Um, some tips and tricks on getting a letter from your dermatologist if that your child doesn't have to participate in PE if they aren't feeling like they can. Um, and really how to help navigate that trust with your child and letting them help determine what needs to happen. We had gotten a letter for my daughter and I thought, oh, she's never going to participate in PE now that she has this letter. She only used it twice. I was so proud. I was like, this is, these are making good decisions. You know, you can't just bow out of everything. So I, it's trusting them to help make those good decisions. Um, and so we also, as part of that uh, website, we also have a ton of information on every research um, survey, clinical trial study opportunity that comes up. Um, we do email out to our subscriber list when those opportunities do arise. And um, there's a section on the website for clinical trials, surveys, and studies that are is up to date. And you can go on there and find anything um, that's going on in the world of HS. And like you said, I mean, the research is tenfold what it was. 
even if you look at PubMed, it's just a constant upward trend of what's happening with HS. So that's really exciting. And what we're trying to help people understand is that in order to keep that trend going, we all have to participate in every opportunity that we have. Um, the more people who participate in the disease group, the more attention the disease group gets. So it is up to all of us and parents on behalf of your kids to take those surveys and studies and, and make sure that your voice is heard on behalf of your child. And anytime there's an opportunity for kids under the age of 18 to participate, which sometimes there are, to get your child involved in that. Um, and make sure that they understand too that you know they're part of a community that can help um, make sure that their disease gets more attention like it deserves. I love that HS Connect is built on this foundation of handing a, a toolkit to parents who may have had a maybe have it themselves and also are now raising kids like you are or have no experience like your mom did and now you've got this ready-made resource that you can hand to parents that really empowers them and gives them a voice in research in the clinic and can really um, empower their own children too as you said you know your daughter only used her PE note twice and you know that's pretty exciting because I think a lot of times when when kids have diseases and certainly you know even I think about when my daughter gets sick you just want to like control everything and and give medicine when you're supposed to and she's saying mom I really hate the taste of that medicine so I really don't want it and so being able to give some power to the kids as well is got to feel really good. It does. And so much of that translates into so many other parts of HS because, you know, I mean, as a parent, you can see when they're having an abscess, right? Especially if you have open communication and you're asking them to kind of keep you in the loop so that you can help monitor their condition. Um, but even then, it's so embarrassing for kids. And it's really good to make sure that you do have that open line of communication with them. Um, in our house, for instance, we call them owies instead of abscesses when we're talking about them just amongst myself and my children, because there's a sense of, um, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's not so clinical, you know, and it's, there's some compassion and empathy that kind of comes with that word. So even if you find a different way that you guys can talk about that or that they can communicate that to you, um, that's really important for, especially for kids because they are so embarrassed by it. Um, and not wanting other people to know is a really big thing for kids. And it's, you know, considering that I'm the founder of this, my, my kids still don't really want to tell everybody. Um, and I have to respect that because I was also that age once and didn't want to tell anybody and didn't tell anybody. So now I'm asking them to follow in my footsteps. Um, but it is a huge burden and a huge weight for them to carry. And the more empowerment you give them, the more they're able to help manage their own condition. And a lot of that goes along with when they're trying different medications as well, you're relying on them to give you the feedback on how it's going because you can only see or know what they're telling you, um, but they're the ones who are actually feeling that impact. So that's, it's a really important thing. And I think it, it means you have to have more trust in your kid than a normal parent would of a child who doesn't have a chronic illness. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so talk about the parent support groups. What do those look like? 
Um, so we do it virtually once a month. You can um, sign up on hsconnect.org for those. It's under events. Um, it's basically just a Zoom call that we all get on. We have some people who are um, come back every month. We have new parents who come on. I know summer is really a difficult time, especially when everybody's doing sports and all of that stuff. So, um, but we're just going to continue doing them once a month. And it's usually about an hour to an hour and a half. You don't have to come and stay the whole time. It typically is a smaller group of people. So we welcome everyone to join. Um, we talk about general things. If people have specific questions about their child's situation, um, we're happy to talk through that. Obviously, we can't give any kind of medical advice, but we will do everything we can to help support emotionally um, both the parent and the child because it, this takes a toll on an entire family. Um, so it's not just isolated to the kid is the only one having an issue or the parent is the only one having an issue. So um, and a lot of things that, you know, as a the parent of a normal child, you would not um, maybe consider doing some of the things that, that you would do for a child who has HS. My daughter came to me at 13 and said she needed to try thong underwear because, um, the other words were bothering her. My first instinct was, oh no, mm -mm, not happening. And then when I asked her why she explained to me that for sometimes they don't bother the flares that that would be beneficial to her. And I totally changed my tune, but had I not asked her the question or stopped for a minute to try to understand, um, I just looked at it as a sexualized thing and it was not happening, absolutely not. Um, so I actually wrote an article about that because it led me to so many other things that we have to be more open-minded about um, to try to help our kids and figure out you know, how to help them navigate through this. I think you hit on some really important things there, especially that communication between parent and child. And just like you said, reiterating that openness. And it's hard as parents to check ourselves and sometimes recognize that their bodies are their own and, you know, they're past the diapering stage. We need to let them have some agency. And, and uh, I really love that that's something that you discuss and promote in your programming. So HS Connect is doing a lot of work, and I know there's also uh, the HS Foundation. So talk to me about how the two of you work together. So we work really closely with the HS Foundation. Um, we work with a lot of their dermatologists as well on some projects on the side. Um, they just did the first ever HS Patient Summit last year, which HS Connect was part of the steering committee for. Um, so that should be coming up again, I believe, this year towards the end of the year um, or beginning of next year. Um, so I would highly recommend if you didn't participate last year, uh, go to the HS Foundation website and sign up for uh, updates on that. I would also sign up on hsconnect.org and subscribe so that we can send information about that when we get it as well. It was so informative and powerful and it really helped, I think, across all ages. Um, a lot of information about pain management. There was a specific topic each week and the uh, they were led by HS uh, mentors or people who have HS as the uh, moderators for those. So it kind of encompassed everything. We did wound care, we did, yeah, there was the gamut ran of physical activity. You know, how do you do that when you have HS and you're having flares? Um, so it was a really, really helpful thing for the HS community. And I think it would be really helpful for parents to participate in that as well. 
Um, and speaking of wound care, that just to throw this in there, that's one of the main issues that happens with HS is how do you bandage wounds? How do you address those wounds, especially if they are draining? And um, so that's something that we've taken and covered really, really well at HS Connect too. So if you want, there's a under resources, there's a wound care guide, and there's also an interview with a wound care specialist who actually treated my wounds after having all of my surgeries. Um, and so we cover some of the main wounds that that come up and how you would dress them and what kind of things you can use on them. Um, and then on the product suggestion page as well, there are a plethora of options that people have used and have worked for them as far as bandages and um, creams and that kind of a thing. So that's another really good place to check out information. Uh, there's so much information out there that sometimes it can become overwhelming. So we've tried to do a really good job of breaking all of that information down into places that you can go to find what you specifically need. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. But as far as the work that the HS Foundation is doing, it's amazing. Uh, we're happy to be partnered with them and, and able to support what they're doing. And in turn, they support what HS Connect is doing. So it's, it's amazing. That's wonderful. It's so wonderful when two different advocacy organizations can come together. So what kind of, I was looking on your website and I saw that you have like a dermatologist section. So what kind of work do you do with the dermatology clinical community? So that's one of the areas we're trying to break into more. Um, mm -hmm. We do have a list of dermatologists for adults um, that is mostly recommendations from people also taking off of the HS Foundation list as well. Um, but some of ours are different because they're recommendations from uh, HS patients themselves that have had really good success at those derms. Um, we do have a pediatric list up as well, but it does not necessarily cover just derms who treat HS. So while it's, it's helpful in that it's a list of pediatric dermatology based on state, um, I would definitely use that as a resource to at least head in the right direction, but I would call to make sure that they're accustomed to treating hydradenitis superativa. Um, before seeing them. It's something that we embarked on and it was such an undertaking. We haven't made enough progress with it, but it's still on the list of, of things to do. It's quite the list. So um, what if like, for example, if a PEDRA investigator wants to become involved with HS Connect, like how might they do that? Um, they can absolutely reach out to us. We work a lot with um, investigators directly. They will sometimes come to us before something is IRB approved so that we can help them make sure they're getting the, the best bang for their buck out of the questions that they're asking and you know what they're kind of looking at. Um, a lot of times they'll come to us and we'll help them get, we'll reach out to the community to get the results that they need for their surveys or studies or whatever it is that they're um, they're working on. And that's one of the things we pride ourselves on, again, is, is making sure that our community knows how involved they need to be. Um, so we go out and push for those things hard to make sure that we're getting the kind of responses that, that those things deserve. I really think that's awesome. Like promoting research within your community is so important and research is scary and it's hard from a parent perspective and from a, even a young adult perspective. There's like, what does it mean to become part of a trial? Like, what are the implications of me participating in this survey? So do you find that you do some work kind of breaking down those barriers and that those thought processes with the families? 
Yes. And I think that's, it's actually something, it's funny that you mentioned that after awareness week, that's the next campaign that we're going to work on is, um, figuring out how to make sure that people are comfortable in knowing what they're getting into. Um, and so that's, we're going to do some interviews with some of the doctors that we work with, uh, through HS foundation and outside of that, even just with what is, what does a clinical trial entail? You know, what questions should you ask? What things should you be on the lookout for? Um, the surveys and studies are, the surveys themselves are actually obviously less um, intensive and way easier to do because most of them are just done on their your computer and that's simple and easy enough. Um, but definitely having to do anything with an actual uh, clinical trial or a study, um, you know, how do you how do you know if that's the right fit for you, how to do that without fear and why it's so important. Um, for us to become involved in that, because I think that's in the HS community, and I'm sure every other disease community, everybody sits back and says like, oh, well, that guy's going to do it, so I don't have to. Well, that girl's going to do it, so I don't have to. But really, it's not going to move forward unless all of us are doing it and taking part. And now every survey and study is not made for everybody. So, you know, you're not going to necessarily be accepted into every one of them. And that's great. But whatever we can, you should definitely try to participate in if possible. That's really wonderful that you're working on breaking down those barriers for the families. It's so important. And like you said, it's, it really takes everybody to participate and move the needle and, and get some sort of more effective treatment going. So while you were talking, you mentioned uh, awareness week. So talk a little bit about HS awareness week, what that entails, what kind of activities you're planning on running during that time and tell everybody when it is. So it's coming up soon. Uh, it'll be June 6th through 11th or through the 12th, excuse me. Um, and what we're planning is we have a campaign about breaking stigmas and barriers uh, with HS that we've kind of talked about some of those today. Um, and so we'll be doing that all over social media. We're going to have quite a few experts kind of explaining the difference between um, autoimmune and autoinflammatory, why HS is not an autoimmune disease, a lot of things and misconceptions that are out there in the community that we're trying really hard to break those barriers. Um, and then on June 4th, which is the Saturday right before Awareness Week, we're doing the third annual Healing for HS Walk. Um, so it can be done virtually. It can be, if you can't walk completely fine, there's a bunch of other activities that you can participate in scavenger hunt. Even if you're out in your driveway and you take a picture of that's your walk, we want people to participate as much as they can. Um, and you can find out everything that's going on with that at hsconnect.org. It's in the slideshow right now. And it's also under events or community and then events. Um, so we ask everybody to participate if you can, especially if you have kids that have HS, participate with them. It's important for them to know that they're not alone um, and that they have an entire community behind them and a lot of people who've gone before them and want to champion for them. So that's, it's really important for us. And then we also have five in-person walks um, as well as virtual walking in support of someone or uh, the activities and adventures. We also have five in-person walks happening across the country. So we have two in Michigan, uh, one in Canton and one in Meridian Charter Township. 
Um, we have one in Cincinnati, we have one in Schaumburg, Illinois, and then I'm doing one here in Puyallup, Washington. So if anyone's close to those, all of that information is on the website. We would love to have your support. We also have a full line of um, Healing for HS Walk shirts. And then we also have an entire line of um, shirts for Awareness Week just in general. So please check those out. All of that information's up there as well. Um, every purchase that you make for those shirts comes back to HS Connect so we can continue our work in the community too. And we do have them in kids sizes. Excellent. That sounds like a lot of activities happening. You're really going to be celebrating HS week like, like crazy. Yes. That is super exciting. I love that you're offering these in-person walks and they're all over the country. That's really cool. You can see your HS community in action all over. That's really neat. Yes. And I told my friend group, I expect to see all of you there. <laughs> yes. Well, Brindley, this has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on the Community Spotlight for PEDRA. We are going to uh, get the word out about your activities on our social media, and people can find more information online at www.hsconnect.org. Uh, thank you. I, we so appreciate the amazing work you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to come on and talk endlessly about HS. And I really appreciate the partnership that we have with Pedra too, to make sure that we're reaching out to the uh, pediatric community and parents and, and the dermatologists as well, so that we can make sure kids are getting diagnosed in a much more timely manner. Absolutely. It's, it's a great partnership and we're happy to have you. Thanks. A very special thank you to Brinley Brooks and HS Connect for joining me for this interview on Community Spotlight. Head on over to www.hsconnect.org for more information about resources and HS Awareness Week. Don't miss it.